Do we shout a praise to our great God? I want us to come with a sense of um, victory and hope this morning. And uh, I sense that through the worship, we sense that at the 8am and for this service as well. And so we serve a God who's living and active. Do you believe that? Do you believe that church? We serve a God who is alive. And that's what we've been singing about. And so we wanna give all praise and honour and glory to Him. And we're gonna to continue to do our worship right now, but we're gonna do that through communion. So you can feel free just to take a seat. Uh, for those at home, uh, it's so good having you join us as well. If you haven't got anything with you at the moment, now's your time to quickly raid the fridge, raid the pantry, um, so you can join us with communion. But you'll, um, you'll notice that as you walked in today, you would have got a snack size communion package. Have you got that with you at the moment? Um, there's two little parts with a little clear one that you rip off and that will give you access to the bread. Um, so just be careful. You can start preparing those right now. Um, sometimes they, they, the lids come off really quickly and so people will be walking out with communion stains all over them, but that's all right. One big family, we're used to it. I want to read to you John 3. Um, as I was preparing for this, um, I just had a, a sense of, to read through this passage and this is what it says. This is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son, His one and only Son. And this is why so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all this trouble of sending His Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. No, He came to help. He came to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in Him is acquitted. Anyone who trusts in the Name of Jesus, their sins have been dealt with. And that's an incredible hope. And I, I, I was thinking about this, how often can we spend our life, how often have I spent my life thinking that God comes with an accusing finger? I, I know I'm a broken person. I know my failures. And sometimes we can dwell in those. But God doesn't come to point an accusing finger. He's actually come in John, it said that He had came to put us back together, to put us in right relationship with God. And so I don't want us to wallow in our failures. Yes, there's a time where we come and maybe that might be this morning for you where we, we seek God in, re in repentance. We, we spend time in reverence before God. We may uh, be reduced to tears as we begin to pour out our forgiveness back to God or asking for His forgiveness. But God never wants us to stay in that stage. But He wants us to begin to step into the victory. When Jesus died on the cross, He didn't stay on the cross, but He rose again victorious. And that's what I, I believe as we do communion this morning, it's an understanding that we have been saved by grace into a beautiful inheritance. Because death has given way to life and mourning gives way to dancing with Jesus. I wanna read this, Hebrews 4, 16. This is what it says, Now that we have what we have, Jesus, the great high priest with ready access to God, meaning through Jesus, we have ready access to God whenever we want. Let, uh, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality, 
He's been through the weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to Him and get what He is so ready to give, ready to give this morning. And it says, take the mercy, accept the help. And maybe for you this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you thought you'll never be good enough. Well, the Bible says Christ has made a way and for you to take the mercy, take the help. And for us as a church, for us to spend some time getting our hearts right with God, but to take the mercy and take the help. We are set free in Jesus. And so on the night before Jesus was betrayed, He was sitting with His disciples and they're having a feast and He took the bread and He said, this is my body given for you. I want you to eat this. Reminded that it's about me. And then He took the cup and He says, this is my blood that will be poured out for you. It's the sign of the new covenant, meaning through Jesus, we have forgiveness and right access with God. And so we're gonna do this right now. Just through a church, at home, you can do that. We're gonna just spend some time just reflecting on this. You can eat the bread and we'll drink the cup together as a sign of unity in Jesus. You do that right now. together and let's drink. Will you stand with me? I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing in victory knowing the blood of Jesus has forgiven us. Come on, will you stand? Let's pray. Jesus, there's no other name but the name of Jesus. And we wanna thank You for that. In You, Lord, we find forgiveness of sin. Only You can deal with the things of the heart, the things of the soul. And I thank You that Your love stands firm. And so Jesus, as we're reminded now of Your body shed on the cross, but we're reminding of the, reminded of the resurrection in Jesus. And so Lord God, we wanna give You all praise. We wanna give You all glory. We wanna give You all honour, Lord God, because there's no other name but the name of Jesus where all honour and glory will go. And so Jesus, be glorified as we declare Your name in song right now in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's not hold back this morning. Let's declare the freedom we have. Um, and I also wanted to welcome John Sweetman, Reverend Dr. John Sweetman, who is our special guest this morning and is bringing God's Word to us today. Um, John is actually in the, I think he's been trying to retire for a little while, but he's actually filling the role of um, interim director Interim Director of the Queensland Baptist Movement at the moment. So we are really privileged to have John come and bring God's Word for us this morning, the first in our Invisible War series. So join with me, church. I know you've already done a welcome, but we're gonna do another welcome for John as he brings God's Word to us today. Thank you so much, John.
Oh, I love the way the music swells when they mention my name. Hey, that, that's, that was really good. <laughs> this is uh, funny weather, isn't it? You don't kind of know exactly how to dress. Like I've noticed on the stage there's people with scarves on and then there's people with short sleeves on. Like do I wear my coat when I preach or do I take it off? Like how excited am I going to get? Like what do you reckon? Take the coat off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, let's see. I hope there's some fire today. <laughs> Thanks. It's, uh, it's, it's really good to be here this morning. This is the first time, apart from a funeral, that I've preached live for uh, quite a few months. So uh, if I'm a little rusty, you'll understand that. But it's so good having at least some response. I know your people are at home and that's fantastic too, but I can't hear you, but I can hear people around here. And particularly, I expect you to be laughing at any jokes that I tell, all right? So, because uh, I haven't had that for months and months and months. Pity I'm not going to tell any, but anyway, all the best. Uh, a few years ago, I, uh, no, sorry, not a few, last year, <laughs> uh, I bought some new sports socks. Uh, a pack of two sports socks. And, uh, and when I opened them, I noticed that there was some little letters on, a letter on each of the socks. Some had L on and some had R on. And it took me a little while, but I figured out eventually that one was supposed to be worn on the left foot and one was supposed to be worn on the, on the right foot, which was, was fine. But as I opened this packet of two lots of socks, I realised that they'd made a mistake because the first two socks I pulled out both had L on them and I thought, oh, they're giving me two left socks. And then I pulled out the other two socks and there were two R's on them. And I thought, oh, now they've made a double mistake. They've given me two lefts and two rights. Now, this is serious, right? I'm serious about this. <laughs> and it took me about five minutes to realise, actually, there's a left and a right and a left and a right, you know. And, uh, and so once I worked that out, so I, then I was fastidious about it. You know, I'm a bit of perfectionist. I, I made sure every time I put my socks on, the left was, Alon was on the left foot and the, the R was on, on the right foot. And, uh, and so I, I wore them like that for, for, quite, for about six months or so. Um, this is the way um, most moderns think about, about the world. There's actually two different worlds that we're part of. There's a left world and a right world. We won't call them that. We'll call them N for kind of the natural world, the world that we see around us, the world we can feel and hear and see and all of those things. And then there's the spiritual world. I'll call that S for spiritual. And in the spiritual world, that's the place where angels are and God is and, and demons and, and all the rest. And so these, these two worlds uh, that we live in, and, and generally, as I did with my socks, you, you keep them separate. There's the spiritual world, which does certain things, and then there's the natural world in which other things uh, happen. Uh, and so, for instance, you know, uh, when we get uh, a pain, say I get a pain in my back, uh, my first instinct is to hope it'll go away, but after that, my instinct is to go to the doctor. He's part or she's part of the natural world, uh, and might be able to help me with the pain in my back. And, and it's only when it gets quite serious or the doctors don't know what it is or it's a, some form of cancer or something that might be in other places that I really start to engage the spiritual world then because I realise that, that this is a bigger problem than the natural world uh, can solve. And that's uh, the way most moderns deal with, 
with, with life. As a natural world, that's more important because it's more relevant, it's more predictable, it's more immediate around us, it's more reliable in a sense. And then the spiritual world, which is kind of like a backstop. Uh, I've noticed, you know, because of, there's a lot of talk about COVID around the place and other things that are happening in our world that are quite difficult, how many people, secular people, say, oh, I'm thinking of, of you and praying for you. Now, I don't know if they actually mean that they're praying, but that's kind of the natural thing to say. I'm thinking about you, that's the natural world, and then I'm praying for you. <laughs> like, that's the spiritual world. So, so th- th- there is a spiritual world. They recognise somewhere there, but it's usually kind of a backstop when things are beyond our control. For Christians, uh, probably the spiritual world is a bit bigger than it is for, for secular. Hopefully it's a bit bigger than it is for secular people. <laughs> Uh, but I still suspect it's the way that most of us think. There's a natural world that has all its rules and all the things we do. We work and we have families and we build houses and all the rest in our natural world. And then there's a spiritual world uh, in which uh, God is at work in special ways and we engage with that spiritual world. Sometimes when we come to church uh, and when we pray and other ways we, we engage with the spiritual world. Uh, but we know when to see things practically and we know when to see things spiritually. And we kind of, like with my socks, we kind of keep them apart in, in many ways. Uh, the trouble with this kind of thinking is that it's, it's not biblical <laughs> at, at all. Uh, right through the Bible, you find that, that the spiritual world and the, and the natural world are, are joined together. Uh, they mesh together. You just can't find this separation between that's natural and that's spiritual uh, in the Bible anyway. Let me give you some examples just, uh, to, just to show that that's the case. I'll give one from the beginning, one from the kind of middle of the Bible and one from the end of the Bible. So right at the beginning, uh, we have God creating man and woman and, and living uh, with them in a sense. God would walk and he'd talk with, with, with Adam and Eve. And, uh, and so there's the natural world and the spiritual world sort of combined together, and then this snake comes along. Now, because we're, we're modern people, we're natural world thinking people, we have all sorts of trouble with that. Do you know what I mean? Some snake that talks to them, you know, like how on earth does the snake talk, you know, and all, and all, you know, all these things are going through our mind. This doesn't seem natural. It doesn't seem right. But, of course, if you combine spiritual and natural world, then, of course, the spiritual beings in this world, and one of them happens to look like a snake, maybe that was Satan, you know, but some powerful spiritual being that looks like a snake comes and talks to, to Adam and Eve. Well, well, of course, that's just natural, isn't it? Like that's part of the world. The natural and the spiritual are all meshed together. Uh, if you take from the middle, say the coming of Jesus is the, is the crux of Scripture, right? So Jesus comes to this world. He starts his ministry he starts teaching people about God and what God's like and who he is. That's part of our natural world. We understand that with our mind. Uh, we, uh, we want to understand God and know God. Uh, and then as part of this package, he also starts healing people. Well, that might be okay. But then he starts delivering people from demons. Like This is all part of it, like calling demons to come out of people as he's, as he's ministering. You know, well, that's spiritual world stuff, isn't it? like deliverance ministry. And, and so you've got in the ministry of Jesus uh, natural stuff and spiritual stuff and it all moves, to, moves together. If you go to the end, which is the book of Revelation describing what's going to happen in the future, there is a great war that goes on and involved in that war are spiritual forces, uh, 
angels and demons and Satan and God and all the rest and also natural forces. Those we're involved in that warfare. People, human beings are involved in that time uh, as well. And it seems like it's going to be on this earth in a natural way. So, so you've got all of this together. There's this natural world and the spiritual world all coming together in the Scripture. There's, there's not the separation that, that we think of. So in this series, let me just go back to, to my sports socks. After about six months, I realised that these sports socks that I was wearing so fastidiously on my right foot and my left foot were wearing out much quicker than my normal socks, which normally last for about 10 years. You know, so, so here I was, they were, they were getting holes in them and my toes because they were always, my toes were always in the same places. So I thought about it and I thought, did something very radical. I thought, I'm going to swap them over. I'm going to wear the right on the left foot and the left on the right foot. And so I did just as fastidiously as I'd worn them in the right foot. Now I did them on the wrong foot, you know. And was, I didn't see any difference. I don't know. You know, so, uh, so they're still lasting. I've still got them uh, because I've done that. So that's what we're trying to do in the series. This kind of separation, well, we've got the natural world and we've got the spiritual world. And the natural world is kind of like our bigger world because that's the place that we're living most of our time. Let's swap them over and let's focus on the spiritual world. Make that the big world. Uh, for a little while, uh, for at least a month in, in our teaching and in our small groups and all the rest. And, and as we do that, then maybe we'll become to understand how this spiritual world meshes with the natural world that, that we're part of. So we're focusing on the spiritual world, the world that, that particularly God is at work and there's all sorts of other beings that are at work in this world. And so that's what this month is about. Uh, there's an invisible world uh, that is our focus uh, for a month. And what we're hoping to do is to change our perspective, uh, not just to see that there is a spiritual world. I think most of us recognise that, but then try to say how does that mesh with the world that, that we're living in most of our time. Now, the three examples that I gave not only showed that the, the natural world and the spiritual world are, are all working together, but it also showed something else, and that is that within the spiritual world, there's not only lots of beings, angels and demons and all the rest, but there is a big conflict going on. So in, in, in creation, in, in the Garden of Eden, you've got this conflict. Satan comes along or this um, snake being comes along and, and feeds a whole lot of lies to Adam and Eve so that they, they turn away from God. And because of that, dreadful repercussions in their life. Uh, in the ministry of Jesus, as he goes around casting out demons, there's a battle going on because these demons don't want to leave and yet Jesus has the authority and he forces these demons out, uh, these demons that are destroying the lives of people. And then, of course, at the end, there is a huge conflict between God and his forces and Satan and, and, and his forces. So not only is there an invisible world, a spiritual world around us, but also within this spiritual world is this tremendous conflict, this invisible war, which we're calling this series, this invisible war that's going on. So that whole idea of, of, this, of this spiritual battle going on is behind the passage that I want to have a look at this morning. Now, if you're worried, you're thinking, gosh, he's spoken all that and he's only just done the introduction. I am a fair way through the sermon, all right, just to encourage you on that. But let's have a quick look at this passage from Ephesians 6, just for, uh, three verses from verse 10 uh, to verse 12. 
Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, our real struggle, is not against flesh and blood. It's not actually in the natural world, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual world. So if you feel that your Christian life is a bit of a struggle at times, no wonder it's a struggle. <laughs> like, like sometimes it's a struggle because uh, we do things wrong and we have to deal with the consequences of that. But, but a lot of the time it's a struggle because we're in the middle. Although we can't see it, we can't feel it necessarily, we're in the middle of this tremendous spiritual battle that's going, going on. Uh, and therefore, it's costly for us and challenging for us and difficult for us. Uh, the Christian life is no walk in the park. It's a, it's a battle. It really is. Not all the time. There's some wonderful times of relaxation and peace. But, but there are other many times when it's just tough going, as you would expect, uh, in a battle. And Paul says, you've got to be strong in this. Come on, be strong. It's arm yourself. There's no place for wimps. Where there's no weaklings, it's not Christians are the weak people, Christians are the strong people uh, in this tremendous battle that's going on. Now, it might look, as I describe this, and as we read this passage about what we're up against, that, that we humans are kind of collateral damage in this whole thing. So it's easy for us to see, look, there's this tremendous spiritual battle going on between incredible forces. Uh, did you read about the formidable, formidable group that are fighting against us or against God and against us in this battle? Rulers, authorities, these are all spiritual forces. Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Like, like that's what we're up against. And it could easily see, you could easily think that, that we're kind of these weak little broken little human beings kind of, and there's this huge battle going on. And we're collateral damage in the whole thing. Like, like the picture that came to my mind when I was thinking about it was a, a World War I picture. And that is uh, a lot of the, the soldiers fought, particularly in Europe, in trenches. And, uh, and so every now and then the command would come be, to come and you had to go up and over the, out of the trench and across no man's land uh, to, to engage the trenches of the enemy on the other side. And what happened, we, we know many, many times, is they just had machine guns and all the rest and these guys with their little rifles would get up and run and they'd just be mown down. Like they had no chance against the, all the forces that were against them and they many, many lost their lives through this for gaining, you know, a couple of metres in, in, in land. So, so, and that's my picture, do you know what I mean? They're like, here's we are, we're broken, we're weak, you know, and these huge forces are going on and we get up and, whoa, man, we just get smashed. <laughs> and so it would be easy for us to think, well, <clears throat> well, what we need to do is, is we need to not be a target. <laughs> uh, we need to, to stay in the trench as much as we possibly can. And, and the idea of talking about armour here could almost suggest that too because armour is defensive, you know. So we get our armour on as much as we can and we kind of hide away 
so that we're not targets at all and, and do the best we can. We, we stay uh, in the trenches, keep our heads down, you know, play it safe. It could, could easily think that that was the best thing to do in this great spiritual warfare, except that nothing is further from the truth. Like, like why do you put on the armour? Well, Paul explains very clearly, put on the full armour of God, verse 11, so that what? You can take a stand. Like, take a stand. That means, I presume in battle it meant stand up and, and, and hold on. You know, like, like we're not hiding in the trenches. We're, we're called to, to take a stand uh, in this battle, to stand up straight and to, to fight. But, but isn't that dangerous? Like, like, what chance do you have against the spiritual forces of evil that are described here? Like, what can you really do against them? Well, you see, in God's scheme, we humans have tremendous power and authority in this spiritual battle. Um, let me explain that just very, very quickly. Like, like, we have such a key part to play in this cosmic battle, this invisible war that's, that's going on. Uh, let me just show, show this to you from Genesis 1. Uh, this is the call of humans. This is the, our call, our potential call when we um, live with God, you know, and that is to fill the earth and to rule over it. This is God's intention that we're authoritative people in this world and whatever's happening uh, in this world. Uh, we have great power. Uh, Psalm 8, he made them lower. This is quoted, of course, in Philippians about Jesus. But this is written of all of us. He made them lower. Uh, in other words, we uh, don't have the abilities in ourselves of these spiritual forces. So they're more powerful in themselves. We are uh, ordinary human beings in that sense. So he made them lower, then crowned them with glory and honour. And that's used to refer to Jesus. But it's also for us too. Like we were made lower than the angels. Because of our relationship with God, we have huge power and authority. We rule over them uh, in a sense in the spiritual realm. In Matthew 28, uh, Jesus is is speaking to his disciples after his resurrection and he says, I've now all authority has been given to me. Like I have complete authority, now you go on my behalf. And so when we go, we go with the authority of Jesus, the power of Jesus in us. And then Revelation 2, right at the end, uh, talking about the future to those who overcome, that ways we go and keep on fighting till the end, uh, we'll be given authority over the nations. So, so we're not sort of, seven stone weaklings or whatever it might be, like in this battle, like we are tremendous forces, powerful forces in the battle, in many ways greater than the angels and other spiritual beings because, because we have been made in this incredible special, to have this special relationship with God that will go on forever. And so we are strong and we are powerful and we have great authority. Occasionally you get a glimpse of this, don't you? You know, you, you pray for something. And you see a powerful work of God. You say, wow, my prayer made a difference here. Or your life touches the life of someone else and, and they change. They get converted or they get helped or they get supported, but they change. And you think, wow, 
God's using me uh, in a great way. Maybe even you've had some situations where you've prayed with someone who's got some demonic uh, oppression on them and you've seen God deliver that, a freedom that has come. You know, like, like you get little glances of how powerful we are, uh, how much authority we have in this spiritual realm, how important our part is in this cosmic battle and this invisible war that's going on. But, and this is really important to understand, our potential authority for, for good in the spiritual realm only becomes a reality when we're aligned with God, when we're working with God, when we have his support, when we're fighting on his behalf. Uh, I'm sure at times you've watched these documentaries with, from Africa with lions around the place and they're trying to, and depends on whether the, uh, whether the documentary's about the lions and then the lions are the goodies, you know, and they're, they're not getting enough food and they're trying, you know, or if it's on another animal, the lions are the baddies, you know, they're going to attack them. But, but we know how lions work. You know, against a herd, they have no chance, really. A herd's too strong. <laughs> so what they do is they try and isolate an animal, an animal that's younger, an animal that's weaker in some ways, and, uh, and then they can, once it's isolated from the herd, then, then they can attack it and kill it and eat it. And, uh, and that's what uh, Peter says is, is what Satan's like. like. Like he prowls around, it says in 1 Peter 5, your enemy, the devil, prowls around, right? So we're talking about this spiritual uh, force in our natural world. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, and our, in our case, being part of the herd is actually being connected with God. So while we stay connected with God, he has no chance against us. Like we are powerful. But when, when, he can, when he can disconnect us from God, get us away from God, get us away from trusting God, get us away from serving God, then, then we become incredibly vulnerable and incredibly weak and then he can do what he wants. And so that's what he's about. And this is what happened in the Garden of Eden, isn't it? Like, like he's prowling around the garden and uh, he comes up to Adam and Eve and says, hey, look, you think God really loves you and you think that that what you're doing for him is, is the best, but you don't understand that, that that's all about him, that, that you'd actually be better off by yourself. You'd be better off doing your own things, making your own calls, eating of the tree of the good and evil and knowing what God knows. Like then you would become very satisfied and very significant. Yeah. Uh, and so he's, he's trying to drive the wedge in, you know, between so that they're not relying on God and, and believing in God and doing what God wants and he does it. And, and it's effective and from becoming the rulers of this garden with huge potential and huge blessing in their lives, they get separated from God and therefore destroyed and kicked out of the garden and we still live with the consequences of those decisions that they made and that we make as well. And so, so we see with, without God we're helpless and weak but, but with God we're incredibly powerful. This is what this passage says, doesn't it? Like... Finally, it says, be strong. Be strong what? In the Lord. Yeah, be strong in the Lord. And put on this armour. Whose armour is it? God's armour. <laughs> like this is him. Like, like it's our connect- we'll find out more about the armour because it's exciting, you know, because the, you know, the armour is the promises and the commitments that God's made for us and what he's doing in, in our lives, you know. So we put on this armour. We connect with God and then. We fight and we stand, we overcome. 
without God. Oh, oh, may I just say from that? So, so when we fight uh, in this battle with God, we fight uh, from victory, not for victory. Now, let me just explain that. Right? So because what Jesus has done on the cross, we are guaranteed victory. Like he's won the victory already. So when we fight in this battle, it's not we're fighting for victory and hoping that we're going to win. We actually fight from victory. We know we've won. We've already won. Jesus has done that. As long as we stay connected with Jesus, we're going to win. Like there's no doubt about that. We're not fighting for it. We're fighting from, from victory. And you're going to explore a bit of that, I think, this week in your small groups. So you're going to be targeted, though, like as, as these incredibly powerful potential fighters in the spiritual realm and this invisible war or in this cosmic battle, as powerful fighters in that, you're going to be targeted. Again and again. If, you, if you've ever played a team sport uh, at any higher level, you'll know that you think about the other team and particularly you think about the strongest uh, players in the other team and how can we nullify them? Because if we stop them, uh, the team's going to be weaker. And of course, so we're incredibly powerful fighters in the spiritual battle, so of course we're going to be targeted. If, if Satan can take you out, then he's going to have a much more chance. Now, we know he's not going to win anyway, but he's going, to have a, he's going to do a lot more damage, which is his aim, if he can take you out, if he can stop you uh, in this battle. That's what it says here, isn't it? Um, put on the full armour of God, so what? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So he's scheming. He's scheming against you right now to break your power and authority to feed you lies, to leave you weak and easy prey for him. All right, now that's the teaching, all right? That's what you need to understand from this week. There'll be more to come about the spiritual. About the, and we've made the spiritual world really big here so that we can see what's really going on. The question is, I'm thinking many of our minds, is, well, how does that then relate to the natural world? You know, because so in the natural world this week, uh, I'm going to work, I'm going to play with the kids or grandkids, you know. I'm going to read my Bible. Uh, I'm going to socially isolate, you know. Like, uh, I'm going to do all these things, just normal things to do in life. How, how do those things relate to this great spiritual war that's going on around the place? Like, can you integrate these things together or do we kind of just keep them separate? How does that, this war fit, this invisible war fit with my, my life? I thought about that this morning. Uh, so I get up, I was having a look at the sermon, I was sitting at my desk, which has got a nice view, like uh, right through to the city, and as I was sitting at my desk, I was looking, it was a beautiful morning. You know, the sun's shining, the, the clear view, the birds are singing, and, and here I am talk, preparing a sermon on spiritual battles and all the rest. Like, how does that world <laughs> that I could see out my window relate to this cosmic fight, this battle that's, that's going on? And that's the question for us because we've got to bring these two things together. We, we can't keep them separate because the Bible doesn't keep them separate. So we've got to bring them uh, together. Now, some of you are very aware of spiritual forces. Uh, like some of you, probably not many of us, but some of us just are. We, we know the spiritual, we're aware of things that are happening. We've got a friend that, that sees spiritual auras around people. Uh, so she'll look at someone and she'll see black all around them and she'll know that that there's something bad happening in their lives or happening around them at the time. 
so we have, and, and in other cultures, there's a lot more people like that, usually, that are very spiritually aware of what's going on. So it's, it's not hard for people like that to combine the natural and the spiritual world because it's coming in their life all the time. But for most of us, that's not the case. It's certainly not the case for me. Like, I am so unspiritual. Like, no, that's, that put it, that's not the right way to put it. Do you know what I mean? But I just don't sense spiritual stuff very much. Like, you know, so, so how on earth did this conflict that's going on that I'm part of and have a really important part to play in, uh, how does that fit with the kind of life that I'm going to live this week in my, in my natural world? Now, you, we've got a few weeks to answer this question because it's a really important question uh, to answer. But let me just open up one possibility uh, this morning. Uh, in John 8, verse 44... Jesus is talking about some people that are making things difficult for him. But, but he, he gives us a little insight into how Satan and the spiritual forces of evil mainly work. All right? And this is what he says. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he's a liar and the father of lies. So we know that there is no truth in those evil forces that are fighting, that they work principally uh, through lies. And so we are going to fight in this battle, in our natural world this week. How is it going to be shown? Well, one of the ways it's going to be shown is you're going to be fed lies. And those lies come to, mostly to our minds, all right? So that's a natural thing. We've got a mind. And so the, the lies will come. Now, some of, those, some of those lies that come to us come because of our background or because of our personality or all the rest. But, but Satan or the spiritual forces are very, very involved in, in pushing those lies into our minds. Uh, sometimes the lies are about they're trying to separate us from God. I mean, that's what the purpose is. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes the lies are about our relationship with God, who we are with God, you know. So all the lies that come into our minds about we're not good enough. God will never use us. How could God love someone like me? You know, I'm so weak. I'm so broken. I'm so hopeless. You know, all that kind of lie that comes through, that's coming from spiritual forces that are against you and are trying to separate you from a God that loves you intensely, that thinks you're incredible, <laughs> that wants to so much live whole, your life with you this week. Um, but those lies will, will come into your mind. Other times the lies are about are temptation lies, you know, that you don't really do it, don't do what God wants. Like you'd be worse off doing that. You're much better off pleasing yourself, going your own way, uh, making your own choices, you know. So the whole temptation stuff, uh, sometimes the lies are around what life is like, you know. Oh, particularly at the moment, lots of lies flowing in, you know. There's really no hope. There's really no future. There's really, you know, things aren't going to work out. You know, God isn't really in control. All those kind of lies, they're lies that Satan or the demonic forces are reinforcing. So, so you recognise those lies, don't you? They're coming into your mind, right? And those lies are part of the spiritual battle that's going on. They're not the natural things. These are lies coming from spiritual forces feeding into your mind. Uh, I was preparing the sermon a week or two ago and... Uh, and after I'd prepared it, I sat down and I thought, oh, I, I, that's really, I think that's quite a helpful sermon. 
And then for the next couple of days, I struggled. Like life seemed blacker than it normally does. I was a bit more cranky and on edge. I'm not normally like that, you know, so I was a bit more on edge than I normally am, not as hope-filled. And I thought about it as it happened and I thought, this is Satan getting in there. Do you know what I mean? Like he's trying to feed me lies to say, hey, don't preach this sermon or this sermon hasn't really got much power in it at all, you know, like really there's not much hope, uh, which is just complete lies. But, you know, that's what happens and that's what Satan will try to do. So, so I hope that helps a little bit. So there's the spiritual warfare. We've learned about the spiritual realm, what's happening there. There's a great cosmic battle that's going on. Jesus has already won, but the skirmishes still go on. We're in the middle of it, but we're not weak and hopeless. We're actually very strong and powerful. We have an incredible part to play in this, particularly through prayer. Do you know what I mean? We are, we are people with authority and strength in this whole thing. We are rulers in this world. Uh, in this battle, and so we have an important part to play. And, and what Satan's going to try and do is trying to separate us from God, because without God, without a herd in a sense, without God, then we're we're powerless, you know, and we're just easy prey. So that's what he's trying to do. And one of the ways he does that is feeding lies into our minds, which comes in the natural world. So we see how the spiritual world and the natural world mesh. Our role is to what? Be strong. <laughs> Be strong. Take a stand. Get your armour on. All the promises of God, all the things, the truths of God, get your armour on. <laughs> stand firm and see the power of God at work and see what he's going to do. We're winning, you know. We're winning. <laughs> the end, there's no doubt about the end. But this week we want to win too. This week we want to see God's power go forward. This week we want to see the authority of God. And you will have a key part to play in that, an important part to play. May God use you. Let me pray, hey? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil. Lord, I thank you for the authority that we have in you. As your kids, Lord, you have won the victory. We fight from victory, not for victory, you fight from victory. You've done it, Lord Jesus. And I pray for growing courage, Lord, a recognition of what Satan does in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm to try and get us away from you, Lord Jesus. And I pray we'll see that and we'll hold on to you, we'll believe the truths, the promises that you've made in your Scripture and the promises you make to us. We will know, Lord, what is right. We'll put the armour on, Lord. And this week might be a powerful week in the Kingdom, Lord powerful week in this, in this cosmic battle that's going on in this area, in Bridgman and wide around in Brisbane, Lord Jesus. That's going on in Australia. What's going on in our world with COVID, Lord. Oh, Lord, that you might be authority. COVID bows the knee to you. We pray for this, Lord Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that we might stand with you, armour on, and we might stand up straight and take our place in the battle. May you help us in this. May you strengthen us. May you encourage us, Lord. May you love us deeply. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, John. That was a powerful word. And I know that some of you this morning, some of you online this morning joining us, know what it's like to be in the midst of that battle. And we want to stand with you in that. We want to respond this morning to God's word, stand in faith for what He's done for us and called us to. 
and so as we stand now, church, do that. Stand together as we worship at home. Worship now and know that you're not alone. Know the power of God, the power of His presence in your life to stand in the battle. We wanna respond with hearts open to what God wants to do in each of those situations this morning. In Jesus' Name, let's worship Him. Oh Lord Jesus, our joy and our victory is in You this morning and we thank You and praise You for what You have won for us. And as Your people this week, God, we wanna be able to stand in You, firm in who You are, firm in who You've called us to be. As Your people in this battle, God, You won't let us down. Your presence is with us. And Lord, we wanna see great victories won in Your Name as Your people go out this week. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining us this morning. We look forward to having you back again really soon. Um, For those of you online, we just wanna say welcome. If you can join us in person sometime, we'd love um, you to do that. But keep tuning in online in our live services. If if your heart just wants to respond this morning, if you would like prayer, we would love to pray for you. Just come down to the front. You can do that online as well at prayer at bridgman.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Part of that connecting into God is connecting into His body and His people. And so we want you to do that. We We wanna do this journey of faith right alongside you. So please get in touch with us. We'd love to be able to support you and help you in whatever way you can. Church, it has been great to be together this morning. We're gonna exit via the side doors. Don't forget to pick up your communion um, little cup there with you. There are some bins at the door to place those in and have an awesome, wonderful week, church. See you soon, bless you. Well, thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you, we'd love to help you on the journey of faith. You can reach out to us by emailing hello at bridgman.org.au or if you have a prayer need, don't forget to email us at prayer at bridgman.org.au and we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.